Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. One o'clock. I'm not okay. I know. You'll be all right. One o'clock. KU Villanova in a dogfight. 55-56, they're at the booth right now reviewing a play of which... That's going to be KU ball. Whose hand did it go out on? As the Rothman Orthopedics booth is getting hard work right now by the refs, KU Villanova, 56. KU about to get the ball back with 11 <laughs> seconds, down one. Frat boy Price, he's a KU guy. He's just watching in dire straits. I know this game means nothing, but like... Kind of does. You just like to see, I mean, over Villanova and also just getting a win as the top team in the country seems to be impossible this year. On the road. It can build character towards the rest of the season. Not about moral victories, Dusty. Neither am I. Um, Sorry, I'm tense right now. It's okay. I think you're more than just tense. I think you might be stiff. You will be if KU gets the ball in this review. Um, Live and local on Saturdays. Thanks to everyone listening. We appreciate it. Um, coming up at uh, 2.15, we'll break down Home Alone 2 because I'm pretty sure Marv dies at least six times in that movie. Last year, we broke down Home Alone 1. We had fun with it, so we're doing it again this year. Um, you hate to see it. You love to see it at 1.30. Some stories around the world that uh, sarcastically we will describe as you hate it or you love it to see it because some of them just don't make sense. One of them involves a guy whose nickname is Johnny Two Gloves. Um, it's not a good story how it ended for him. The other one involves a guy's name that is Luke Skywalker and much, much more. Very but, relevant. Uh, yeah, exactly. Very, I mean, extremely relevant. Steven Serta is out here trying to piss me off uh, last night because he went and saw the the Star Wars movie. Steven Serta did. By the way, Steven Serta right. tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for your fantasy football advice uh, for Serta's fantasy football show gets you ready for championship Sunday as it already has started. Texans and uh, Tampa Bay, they are in the second quarter, and Tampa Bay trails 10 to 16 or 16 to 3, currently under review. KU Villanova also playing that game, one point deciding whose ball it is. I believe it's KU's with 11.2 seconds left. KU down by one on the road to Villanova. Try not to be that number one seed that loses right when they get ranked number one. Shout out Kentucky. Seems shout to be out the year Louis. for it. Right. Um, <clears throat> but how we just, sorry about that. How we tease this next topic was if you want to be the best, um, you have to be the best, right? Like, you want, to be, you want to be the team at the top. Like, we talk about how Buffalo has a really good shot at being able to really bury the Patriots, even though Lamar, Deshaun, and Pat have all kind of put their mark on that body that is the metaphorical body of the NFL that's been so dominant in years past. Um, this week, Buffalo, who plays at 330, they have a chance to do that. But if things don't go the way that, you know, Chiefs fans and Bills Mafia wants it to go, by the way, would you jump through a table on fire if the Bills won today? No doubt. Okay. Elbow drop, leg drop, you going senton bomb, frog I'm splash? Going, I'm going elbow drop. I'm probably getting on the top of a truck or something like that. Big yeah. Lance says, Winston has more turnovers than I do deliveries today. <laughs> 
Once again, shout out Lance for the free pizza to the show supporter today. Um, but to if if it were to end today, if the sh- if if everything ended right now, um, the Kansas City Chiefs would play the Pittsburgh Steelers right in the first round of the game of the playoffs in Kansas City Wild Card Weekend. The Pittsburgh Steelers in the modern era are one of the best to do it because they've been to two Super Bowls. They have a, they have two Super Bowl wins. You know who the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are. Ben Roethlisberger, that defense, Mike Tomlin, Bill Cowher. It makes sense. It's relevant because they've been a powerhouse in the past. You would have to play them, beat them, knock it off. If you make it to the second round, that number two seed that you want, if Buffalo beats New England, oh, baby, you're going to Gillette and you're playing the New England Patriots to beat them to go to the AFC West Championship game. I don't need to talk about who the New England Patriots are in the past. Breaking news. The Kansas Jayhawks fall to the Villanova Wildcats 55-56 in full time. KU, number one seed. No more. It's only December 21st. Fun while it lasted. You're all, it's only December 21st. We'll it was get to fun it. while it lasted. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. I promise. Go eat a piece of pizza that Lance brought you. It'll make you feel better. I will. He's got that, he's got that finisher on the crust. It's legit. So anyways, here's the thing. You have to go play New England. We know what New England's clout is, right? Get them out of here. Get it over with. We're done with them. You'd have to beat them in Foxborough to move on to the AFC Championship game, where a team in the Baltimore Ravens would then be the team of waiting. Baltimore, it would be the third time in a year, in basically a half, I guess you could call it, that the Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens would play where, again, it would be Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Neither one of those quarterbacks were around when the Ravens were doing their thing with their defense and going to the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco and going to the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer or Elvis Gerbach or whoever the hell their quarterbacks were in the past. It's irrelevant because they won that championship because of their defense and because Ray Lewis didn't see anything. The other part about this is that those are the three teams that if it ended today, you would possibly have to play moving forward into the playoffs and to get where you want to get, which is Miami. That's the goal for the can for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. It was never get to 12 and 4. It was win the AFC West, get into the playoffs, and get to Miami. No matter how you do that, what you do, just do it. Just get there. And that's the road if it ended today. Now, obviously, the Bills beat the Patriots. You're the two seed. You wait for that. Patriots-Steelers game, I think, is who they would play. Buffalo, all that kind of stuff. The playoffs are a mess if that happens. But if you want to be relevant in the NFL, what better way? And also, by the way, if they did do this, they'd get one home game, and then you would go road, road. You would then beat Lamar Jackson for the third time, owning dominance over that Ravens team. You win win against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's Patrick Mahomes' second win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kind of showing, hey, new face. You play the New England Patriots in New England. If they weren't already finished, they'd be finished now. Then Mahomes goes to to Gillette and beats him twice in the same year. And then we can go down the stat book and see how many times that's actually happened in New England. And then Mahomes is still, again, as advertised, face of the league, new team, Kansas City Chiefs. It is what it is. Once again, KU loses 56-55 to Villanova. You okay? 
I'm bouncing back. Uh, what? It's December I guess, 21st. I guess I'll, I'll add to this topic here. And Please do. Just, uh, you know, I'll chime in. Wipe and I'll say, I'll say, uh, uh, you know, it's been really storybook for the Chiefs this whole time. We talked about it in the last segment about how Mahomes seems to set a new record every week. And how storybook would this be for the Chiefs to go and beat the Steelers, who have always been in the way, go beat the Patriots, who we've been talking up all year and basically every year for the last 20 years, and then to go beat the guy who is stealing all the spotlight from number 15 in Lamar Jackson to go to the Super Bowl? Can't think of a better way to write it. Yeah, from the text line, he says, who's to say the Baltimore won't lose in the playoffs? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying potentially. If everything goes the way yeah. that it should be. That it, not that it should, but that or it that could. that it's supposed to. And that it, that, it, that it adds up to, right? Like, no one's touched Baltimore this year except for some reason Cleveland and Nick Chubb. I don't understand that. I haven't understood that game yet. It was just a any given Sunday type of game. But if you have to go to Baltimore and play Lamar for the third time with Patrick Mahomes versus, Pat, versus uh, Lamar Jackson, that adds a little bit to that historic run. If you have to go to New England and beat them for the second time in the same year, that adds to that historic run. Oh, and then you would just basically show Pittsburgh who's dominant if you played him at Arrowhead because I really don't think that Pittsburgh could match up any way, shape, or form against the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, you're the better team in that matchup. You're playing at home. Their quarterback's name is Duck. Your name is uh, MVP. Just pretty simple if we had to get to that point. But again, it shows you that in this league, what was and what is now can come full circle right away. And what Patrick Mahomes has a chance to do and this Chiefs offense and this Chiefs defense has a chance to do is to move through the playoffs in a way that they have never done before. It always seems the Chiefs have played either the Colts or the New England Patriots, and it's never gone the way they wanted to. Last year, you beat the Colts, you lose to the Patriots. This year, you move on and get out there moving forward, and you have a chance to really kind of set yourself at a tone in the NFL and the rest of the time moving forward. Once again, the NFL is a full slate today. is Tampa Bay. And Houston are squaring off. Houston leads that game right now 17-3. to Nick Price, I'm not even kidding you. Jameis Winston literally almost threw another pick six. I don't know. This is, all, this is cheering me up right now. I just flipped it over to the Jameis? game. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, you'll love to see it. Drink some Camus and watch Jameis. Um, that's a wine. Um, the thing I will say is, from the text line, is panic. They just fake punt. There you go. Come on. Didn't get a fake punt. What I will say from the text line, Dylan with FedEx out here trying to get all these gifts delivered. Thanks for the Saturday show. It's helping me get through my day. Dylan, thanks for listening. Anybody else out there? Delivery driver. Lance, what do you guys think of the hut favorite on the crust? I love that stuff. It's good stuff, man. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks, big Lance. Um, I'll wait until Tuesday to shop. I'm drinking beer and watching sports and listening to you guys. As always, Goatman. Shout out, Goatman. We appreciate that. Good stuff. There's only one game Thursday, so why do they have three on Saturday? I don't think there was a game this Thursday. No game this Thursday. No, there wasn't a game Thursday. You know why? Because I was too busy watching LeBron James versus the Greek Freak. By the way, the NBA might have a problem if he starts hitting three-pointers. I'm just throwing that out there. Coming up, I'll tell you this. The underlining stories that might be this Sunday night in the Chiefs versus the Bears. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio uh, here live and local. Coming up after us will be Chris Unicerio. Chris Unicerio? Chris Unicerio and Julio Sanchez. He's just his alter ego. <laughs> that's the that's nice Chris Unicerio. It's Serio. Um, so when you're listening to your stereo, 
listen to Julio Sanchez and Chris Unicero as they come up from 3 to 5 on overtime on 610 Sports Radio as we keep the live and local feel going. Speaking of local, KU becomes the fifth team this year already to be the number one seed and lose. Don't want to be at the top spot. Not until the very end. Not until the very end. As obvious as that may be. Hey, KU got a nice long week of being number one and then played their first game and lost. So, you know. I mean, at least it was on the road. Right. Kentucky and Duke lost at home, right? And the Nova one hurts for KU fans. Yeah. The Final Four a few years ago, the Elite Eight right before that. First time, the Final Four was just what makes you still hurt. That game was over before it even started. I know, but that's just, they've they've kind of always been in the way. Didn't they also, like, hit, like, 17 threes in that game yes. in the first half? Yes. Was it really the first half? Mm-hmm. Jeez. We're bringing up bad memories here. Not really. I mean, you won a championship, this was what, 11 years ago? Yeah. You've been to a Final Four. That was the closest, but, like, that Final Four was the closest that I ever got while I was at KU going ah. to KU. So that's why, like, and that was my fifth year there, too. So, like, I shouldn't have even been there. It seemed like I kind of bought some time. No, you definitely should have been there. No, I, I was. Graduating in four years is overrated. Oh, no. You, you try to take as long as you possibly can. But I thought, okay, everything's lining up. This is the chance. Might not be the best team. But, and then, yeah, over in the first five minutes. So there's a special place of hatred in my heart. When it comes to Villanova, stings a little bit, but you know what? It's December. It is what it is, man. I guarantee you'll be a one seed. Guarantee you win the Big 12. Guarantee you get to at least the Sweet 16 in the That's NCAA That's why KU tournament. fans are hilarious. Yeah. You're one of them. Uh, coming up at 1.30, we'll do a segment called You Hate It, You Love It. Um, and then uh, we'll get to KU about 145 because I think they really have a good chance. A really, 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 really good chance to... Um, uh, really just be the Hulk Hogan uh, for Bash at the Beach, for those of you that are wrestling fans that understand that. By the way, um, I am jacked for February. Is the All Elite Wrestling Organization is coming to Silverstein's Eye Center. Um, I'll be there, and I can't wait to go see that because that is, uh, that is some interesting content uh, there. Um, but I will say this. Um, there's some storylines that I don't think are hitting the main stride. Obviously, they will probably all get addressed on Sunday between 520 and 720 when Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson uh, come on the radio at 610 Sports Radio and join you for the Arrowhead Pride pregame show. Um, But Nick Price, I think we start where we start first is that everyone knows that it's Pat versus Trubisky and that it's Andy versus Nagy, that that is going to be the two storylines at NBC. Collinsworth is probably going to slide in. The with, big ones, yeah. Like, I can just I mean, see it right now. Collinsworth's going to do his slide in where he's going to be like, I'll tell yeah, you what. Well, you know, Al, these quarterbacks yeah. picked in the same year of the draft. And if you can believe it, they took the guy in Chicago over the guy in Kansas City. How do you like McCarty? But there's a lot to love about this Mitch guy. But the first underlining story is it's the first chance to see Terrell Suggs in action, um, which if I can go find this audio clip, I remember what Therese Paler said on Monday night on his uh, Therese uh, Paler football show, which is Terrell Suggs' first question is? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a player that they could use. Um, they need him, obviously. Um, Emmanuel Ogbo was playing pretty well um, when he got hurt out for the season. Alex Okafor is a fear he's out for the year. Same deal with the torn pack. So um, right now you're down to Frank Clark, who's down 20 pounds after dealing with a stomach issue. Um, and I like I like K-Pass, but we all know that you need a lot of edge rush, rush depth. And I also like DeMond Harris, but you still need help there, right? You know, I don't think he's coming here 
just to like for like spot duty, like ten plays or whatever. I think he wants to play. Okay, like I think he wants like a role. I think he wants a healthy number, like like more than like fifteen. Like he wants to play, which I think is a good thing, right? This guy's very interested in playing football um, and actually like logging snaps and contributing in a meaningful way. Um, I think he can do it too, man. And that's what we're talking about when it comes to an underlying storyline. We're going to hear about that. Like, I would assume that the top four basic bullet points for NBC is going to be Reed versus, and not in particular order, but Reed versus Nagy, Mitchell and Patrick, Terrell Suggs comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, and the other storyline will be, what, Terrell Suggs? We already talked about that one. Suggs, Patrick Mahomes, and... Maybe uh, Travis Kelsey. Maybe, or like the defense of the Bears has been better than the offense of the Bears. But one that's right, great be a, offense, great defense. Right. And one that's kind of like a subplot of Terrell Suggs is the fact that, yes, he joins Frank Clark. Yes, he joins Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. But the fact that I think that Terrell Suggs is going to play more than what people think. I think the percentage of snaps that you can also find out at the end of postgame, and they'll talk about it on postgame on 610 Sports Radio with Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley that do the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. But the thing about that is, I think Terrell Suggs is going to surprise a few people with how many snaps he plays and the percentage of defensive plays that he actually does get on the field with because, again, Steve Spagnuolo was his defensive coordinator for years, and now he's back together, so Steve Spagnuolo knows what works with Suggs, and Suggs knows what works with Spagnuolo's scheme. So that's an underlining storyline. That's something, too, that you get Terrell Suggs. I know that he's older now, and maybe he's not capable of playing 100% of the snaps out there, but... He's a big name, and he's still been pretty productive this year, even at, in his time in Arizona. So you get Suggs, Frank Clark, Chris Jones all on that line. I mean, that's a really scary combination. And if it all works out the way that the Chiefs hope it works out, he's going to be out there playing a lot. The other thing that's interesting, too, is that, again, thanks to Johnny G, uh, Jay Grew, thanks to him, the Chiefs have literally never had to really worry about Patrick Mahomes versus Khalil Mack. Another reason why they should have to worry about Khalil Mack versus Patrick Mahomes is because the right tackle, the one that got snubbed from the Pro Bowl, that's probably going to be an all-pro right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. Yeah, he's done well against Khalil Mack in the past, which we talk about underrating storylines. Khalil Mack will be a storyline, but the matchup between Mitchell Schwartz and Khalil Mack is a storyline that goes back to the Oakland days where Mitchell Schwartz was still younger but still did a pretty damn good job against Khalil Mack. He's always done very well against Von Miller, and here we are again as against maybe the top pass rusher in the NFL, depending on how you want to look at it. I'd say Khalil Mack is still the top pass rusher in the NFL, personally. You're going to see how good Mitchell Schwartz is, and like we talked earlier with Tyron Matthew, how he has a little bit of unnecessary motivation. Maybe Mitchell Schwartz does too, because now Mitchell Schwartz has a chance to go up against Khalil Mack in a game in which... They should be more superior, and it can clearly obviously show with the right tackle support that number 71 has. You also got to look at it, and this season as a whole, the Chiefs have been struggling with injuries the entire time. And right now, they're finally getting healthy for the most part. A lot of their key players getting healthy, getting ready for the playoff push. Khalil Mack is a beast back there. Sure. And so this is a huge matchup here. You got to be able to keep Mahomes healthy, keep him upright, keep him from taking all those hits that he's been taking all season long. And like you said, a little bit of added motivation after the Pro Bowl stuff, too. Now, the other thing, too, that's an underwriting stat is we know how good Travis Kelsey is. In fact, that's what Nick Price said. They're going to talk about Travis Kelsey and how good he was last week. Now, he set the record for receiving yards and, or, uh, yeah, receiving yards, 1,000 yards a season in four straight consecutive seasons. 
123 yards is the number that is under is an underrated storyline because if Travis Kelsey gets 123 yards per game the next two games, he would then have a chance to have a single-season receiving yards record. Which he set last year, and then George yeah. Kittle broke it like 20 minutes later. Yeah, like 17 seconds later, George yeah. Kittle broke it. So he's 246 yards shy, which obviously, real easy math, divide that by two, it's 123, mm-hmm. correct? So 123 yards is doable. I mean, he absolutely torched the Broncos. Travis Kelsey seems like a guy that could put up 123 at any given time because of the connection that is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, which is just in general one of the best friendships you'll ever see. Just watch how the game ended against the Denver Broncos. James Palmer's doing his little post-game interview, and Patrick Mahomes comes up and squeezes so everly tightly against Patrick Mah- or against Travis Kelsey, and you can just see the love of the relationship there is. But that's another one of these things, is that Travis Kelsey, again, has a chance to set a record in the NFL for receiving yards. And I get it. Some people consider him a glorified tall receiver that plays tight end. That's fine. He still plays tight end. He's still setting records, and he's still one of the best in the league. Another one that's going to go underrated, underrated is McCole Hardman has a chance to take over Tyreek's rookie record as long as, as well as Fred Arbanis and others that have played for the Chiefs as well. But Tyreek Hill, if you get, or I mean, McCole Hardman gets a touchdown, that's seven, and that's the Chiefs' rookie record. An, an underlining storyline that probably won't get talked about on Sunday night because it really doesn't affect the outcome of the game or is it relevant to the game. It's just relevant to Chiefs' history, and it's something that probably won't get talked about, but it's something that we're bringing up because when and if McCole Hardman scores a touchdown, he now sets the single record for a rookie in touchdown. When you just look at the progression, too, and we talked about it last week about how Tyreek Hill came out there. He was playing with Alex Smith, which was a big thing. I think that they kind of learned from that, too, and said, hey, we can get this guy involved early and often, and that's what they've been doing this year. And he's been a real deep threat for this team. We've been arguing that he needs more touches on offense. Right. But this is huge. And he also he showed up on the injury report yesterday. They took him off of it today, so he's good to go. Yeah. And that's something to watch out for. I think it's interesting, too, because I think it's just been such a surprise of what McCall Hardman has been, too. I think that's another underlining storyline because I think when they drafted him, we all go back to when they drafted him, right? It was the freakout. Like, oh, my God, we don't know what's going to happen to Tyreek Hill, who's a franchise receiver that we just – he's a top five receiver. We don't know if he's going to be on the team because of what had happened in the offseason. Days before. Yeah, and then they draft McCall Hardman, and they're like, well, wait a minute, this cat from Georgia – uh, return specialist in college and really good receiver, really fast, has a really big first step. And then you got to see it. And then you got to see that Patrick Mahomes is like, okay, I kind of like this guy. And then all of a sudden you're starting to talk about him now is like, this guy could replace Sammy Watkins if they decide to go away from the club option next year, which seems favorable. And then all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, you've got guy on the right and Tyree Kill, guy on the left who's McCall Hardman, Travis Kelsey in the middle. And you're like, okay, so maybe this Chiefs offense isn't going anywhere at all. Which is also another story. Right. How are you going to defend that? Two guys that can beat right. anybody in the NFL deep on the outsides and then the best tight end in the NFL in the middle? And then the storyline that's never been quite read yet or read in the right way because no one really knows how to read this book is the fact that Damian Williams is back off the injury report and I would assume he's going to get mixed into the offense of snap count that will be shared with himself and LaShawn McCoy and Spencer Ware. Now, it's interesting because all three of these guys have a different storyline, right? LaShawn McCoy is the Andy Reid family, right? Damian Williams is the guy that came in to replace Kareem Hunt and had a very good year last year finishing off for the Chiefs. But he's been hurt, and we don't know if Andy Reid trusts him. And then there's Spencer Ware, who seems to be like the guy 
that Andy and Pat both agree can trust because he knows how to pick up the blitz. He's played in this offense before, and he just gets it. And to be fair with you, he's the longest tenured chief running back in that backfield. More than Damian Williams, way more than LaShawn McCoy. It is Spencer Ware that knows this team the most. And when you're coming to this part of the season and you're moving forward towards the playoffs, it's kind of weird where you play him. Like, I get it all year. It's been just a confusing mind you know what. And now you think about it, and it's like, okay, guy they know they can trust that knows the playbook that's played this team the longest, guy that knows Andy Reid and Andy Reid's system the longest, guy that's been hurt all year. We don't know where he's at, but he's back, and he's probably the most talented out of the three. All of these guys, too, have things that they do well and things that they've really struggled at this year. You know, LaShawn McCoy can't seem to be able to go out there and play a full game. Damian Williams, injury trouble. They both had fumbles. And then Spencer Ware coming back in halfway through the season. Also, look at Darwin Thompson. A lot of people liked what they saw in that Raiders game out of Darwin Thompson. But throughout most of the season, when they've had three other backs healthy, he's been kind of on and off on the inactive list. So that's another interesting thing to see and to see how they can piece this thing together because the Chiefs don't have a go-to running back right now. They don't have a running game that they can rely on. But all of these guys do one thing particularly well so it'll be interesting to see if they can all stay healthy how they're going to piece that together and use these guys in certain spots in order to actually develop some kind of running game to help out pat in this offense and it's interesting because you could almost use these running backs as like a starting rotation or like how you use a rotation during a baseball game right i always use baseball as a comp uh just because i'm a baseball nerd but you think about it and if you think if LaShawn mccoy can be your starter and go like three or four innings aka the first quarter and a little bit of the second then you can kind of move in Damian Williams for like the end of the second quarter, two-minute drill, start the third quarter, and then you just move in Spencer Ware to just kind of like be the closer, finish it out, hold on to the ball, and just finish this game with the trust in the ball in your hands, the security to pick up a blitz when somebody's coming after Mahomes. That's what you can use these running backs for. That's how I would like to do that. And I don't know how this running back conversation became an entire topic, but I'm okay with it. It's a big deal. You love to see it. It's, something, it's one of the only big question marks around this team right now. Which is a good question mark to have in that situation because everything else seems to be answered. The defense is no longer a question. The offense was never a question. Special teams, you just trust Dave Tobe. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, running backs, this is it. Moving forward. Um, speaking of moving forward, you hate it, you love it. I'll tell you what, you hate to see it, but you love to see it. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Live and Local Out of Bounds, Dusty Likens, Nick Price. You heard from 10 to noon, Brandon Kylie with the leadoff. Uh, following us will be overtime with Kristen Acero and Julio Sanchez. Jillian Carroll is in New York. Uh... Is what it is. Um, Therese Paylor show Monday night, 6 p.m. with Brandon Kylie. 6 to 7 p.m. here on 610 Sports Radio. Players only, 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Dating Hughes, Joe Mays, good stuff there as you get the uh you get the truth. Uh nothing but the truth. Even if you can't handle the truth. And then you get AP radio on Wednesdays. Obviously, it will not be on this Wednesday as we will have just local broadcasting because everybody will be off because it is the Christmas holiday. Um in the world of everyone out there that celebrates Christmas. Thank you very much for everyone that's joined us today uh, here on 610 Sports Radio as we are proud to announce that we have two weeks. We'll be on for, what, four weeks in a row now. We'll be on for the next two weeks. We got the email from the boss. He said, just to let you guys know, you're good for the next two Saturdays, the 21st and the 28th. And knowing that we were on last Saturday and then this Saturday, that's four weeks in a row. Might be a new record. That's right. I don't know if we've averaged 11 listeners per show, 
But I know that in the four weeks that the Chiefs have won games in a row, they've only allowed 11 points per game. Um, and this is an NFL Sunday, and Deshaun Watson just threw a pick with 48 seconds left, and Tampa might have a chance to score. Oh, by the way, Jameis Winston just marched down the field, and now it's 17-10, to 10, and Tampa Bay's got one timeout, 42 seconds after Deshaun Watson just threw a pick. Got the ball in Texans territory now. That's too. right. Boy. God, I love Jameis. How crazy would that be to come full circle? Jameis Winston beats the Texans, and then the Texans lose to the Tennessee Titans, knocking out the Houston Texans, and Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston somehow ruin it for the Houston Texans. Yet Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston both tied together for being in the draft. You know what? You hate to see that, but you kind of love to see that. And that brings up our next segment called You Hate to See It, You Love to See It. So, with it being the Star Wars movie release weekend... The Last Jedi, the movie that Steven Serta is surely but most definitely going to ruin for everybody out there. By the way, give Steven Serta a listen. He'll be on 9 to 10 a.m. for your championship week. Um, A local, not local guy. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, we call this a well-timed story. This from The Comeback, a blog on the internet. It says, The Rise of Skywalker just hit theaters, and the blaze of Skywalker has (laughs) apparently been hitting Texas. Police in Garden Ridge, Texas, pulled over a car without a license plate on Monday, which makes sense. If you don't have a license plate, you're just asking for it. And the car turned out to be owned by 19-year-old Luke Aaron Skywalker. And in the car was a baggie of marijuana. That's how they described it, a baggie, B-A-G-G-I-E. Skywalker was arrested and taken to a county jail, but he was released on the same day to a $2,000 bond. We are told the officer found a, once again, baggie of marijuana inside the car which Sexton admitted to owning, a.k.a. Skywalker, is literally his name. His last name is just Sexton, but it's really his name is Luke Aaron you th- Skywalker Sexton. You think his Sexton. parents, like, changed the name to Skywalker after seeing the movies in the 80s? Because, like, if this guy's 19, he was born in 2000. It's our only hope. Police arrested him there, but the passenger was allowed to go. Apparently, you can smoke and ride. You just can't smoke and drive. Luke Skywalker was taken to a county jail where, again, he was released on a 2000 bond. This also may explain why Luke Skywalker went with the green lightsaber in Star Wars. <laughs> Makes you think. But either way, at the end of the day, you love to see it. Um, you also hate to see this. Detroit's largest demolition contractor demolishes the wrong home again. Again? Again. That's right. Um, the largest contractor in Detroit's demolition program is facing a suspension again after it tore down the wrong house for the second time in about 18 months. Um, Detroit-based group has been awarded more than $58.6 million to perform thousands of demolitions since 2014. The company has also performed seven large-scale, high-profile demolitions, including fulfilling a $5.9 million contract. Talking to all you guys out there that work in construction or safety management, city officials confirmed that the construction company tore down the wrong house and the company received a violation notice Wednesday morning for the wrongful demolition. The contractor has seven days to appeal. Good luck. We tore down the wrong house. I thought I was having a bad day after that KU loss. Oh, man. Can you imagine just going Uh, home after a long day of work and your house just isn't there? Oh, God. The company, however, did not notify the city or the state until last week. On December 10th, the contractor notified the Detroit Land Bank of the wrongful demolition. The Detroit Building Authority was notified on December 11th, and the DLBA staff and the DBA immediately notified the Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes Energy. With the exception of emergency demolitions, contracts and required a property value to remove the, po- the potential uh, containing the materials from homes prior to the demolition. Um, I don't really know how you appeal that other than, oh, my God, 
I don't think we tore down the wrong building. Yeah, you did. This is the building you were supposed to tear down. This is the building you weren't supposed to tear down, and it's gone. That appeals process should go like this. It should just be them going, hey, our bad. Let's try to figure out a way to fix this. Yeah, we did it. Um, you so hate to see it. You do. You hate to see it. Um, this one, again, uh, you hate to see this as well because a man was found dead um, in his uh, in his house. I thought I had this uh, on uh, I thought I had this audio cut, but I guess I don't. Um, but I have the story. So a man was found dead in his wife's freezer, but he left a note saying, my wife didn't do it. So a man found dead in a freezer may have planned to keep this death a secret to help his wife collect government benefits, police said in Utah. Officers found the body of Paul Edwards Matthews, 69, in a chest-style freezer on November 22nd, shortly after his wife died of natural causes in a retirement community, um, about 35 miles southwest of Salt Lake City. Investigators believe his wife, who was 75 at her death, had put her husband in the freezer after he had died between February of 2009 and March of 2009. They also found a notarized letter signed by the dead man in the freezer stating his wife was not responsible for his death. It was notarized on December 2nd in 2008, so he's been dead for quite some time, 11 years. Um, and it basically said that uh, she was hiding his death because she wanted to collect the money that was, uh, based on what we know, I'd have to say it was probably the plan. Yeah, for her to keep the money because it was her only source of income. Police investigated. Police say that she, the matters received at least $177,000 of governmental payouts after her husband's death. So she just made him a popsicle so she could get away with it. You hate to see it, but you love to see it because true love just never dies. But in this case, it actually does. Um, so this one is kind of interesting to me because I have an interesting take on billboards. I think they're garbage. I don't like billboards, even though they might support ads. But a guy in, where was this at? Um, a creative agency actually buys $10,000 worth of blank ad space to give everyone a break from ads. Um in Canada, a creative agency based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, has taken out $10,000 worth of advertising space only to fill it with absolutely nothing in a stunt that ultimately goes against what the agency exists to do. The self-initiated campaign titled White Christmas offers respite from the dulge of the advertising at this time of year by posting blank ads on print and digital boards, buses, bus stops, newspapers, social media, and even radio. Quote, as a creative agency, we typically spend our time creating ads and promoting brands. But this time of year, we've decided to do the opposite and give everyone a break from the during from ads during the holiday season, explains creative director Stephen Flynn. The team, which usually spends its days designing experimental and print marketing campaigns for brands such as Fake Airline for Restaurants Donor and Packaging for Marijuana Brand, Cushed, secured the space around two months ago, and they don't plan on putting any advertisement on it, basically just saying, we're giving people a break. So you know what? You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. There's so many ads nowadays, especially like... Streaming services, you watch Hulu or anything like that, it's the same ad over and over and over again. Nice little break. That's I'm right. all about this uh, this whole white Christmas thing. My Love dad just it. texted me and said, so with the kids who had a dead dad in the freezer, where they call him Pop Sickle? That's a terrible <laughs> dad joke. Thanks, Dad, for telling me that. <laughs> Um, you love hearing stories about this when it comes. Yeah, you you okay back there? I just love me a good dad. Maybe joke, you need man. to meet Kurt Likens. Yeah, uh, come on over on Christmas. He'd love to have you. Uh, this is pretty funny. Um, people love hearing dumb criminal stories. I think that's funny. I to me, I guess, is somewhat funny because you just love to see it. Um, a robber steals money, then he leaves his picture behind. What I mean by that is a man who had his character of himself drawn steals his artist's money but left the portrait behind. When the cops said, do you have any information on the on the serious? person? 
dead serious. A man who was asked to have his character of himself drawn stole the artist's money, Riverside Police said Tuesday in sharing the drawing of the thief. The incident occurred about 11.50 p.m. on December 5th during the Festival of Lights in downtown Riverside. The man asked the victim for a portrait of himself, and once the victim was finished, the subject grabbed the victim's money bag and ran away, leaving the portrait behind. The bag contained $500 in cash. Quote, do you recognize this character? And or no, we're not kidding. Police said in a Facebook post sharing the drawing, the character of the suspect, but of course, has exaggerated characteristics and features. The man is described as being in his early 20s, about five feet, one inch tall, with average build, black hair and a mustache, and is last seen wearing a blue and red jacket, white undershirt, black pants, and red hat. Basically, the exact look, the exact description of what he looks like this in the insane. character drawn. This That's is insane. Right. Like you always see those stories pop up where it's a very terrible sketch mm-hmm. of the person, and they end up finding him. This guy, or you see, like you know, in all the heist movies and everything, right. somebody leaves something behind, just kind of like mark their territory, kind of their calling card. Yeah. This is literally. He's like, hey, this man took my money. Here's a literal picture of him and what he was wearing about ten minutes ago. The worst one I ever saw was World's Dumbest Criminals, and I saw a guy run from the cops with light up shoes in the oh, middle of the no. night. I said, "How the hell did you guys find me? <laughs> Click your heels." Um. Last but not least, you love to see this because you love to see when scumbags get caught by the cops. Um, a professional golfer is who we're talking about as he was one of 124 people arrested in a Florida in a prostitution and human trafficking sting. Tommy Two Gloves Ganey, that's his name. This isn't a scene from Goodfellas or Casino or The Irishman. Tommy Two Gloves Ganey, 44, was arrested Sunday and charged with first-degree misdemeanor and solicitation of, C- of prostitution. The Park County Sheriff's Office said Wednesday that Ganey was arrested in an undercover sting called Operation Santa's Naughty List. I'm not making this up. Wow. Once again, welcome to Florida, which was lasted six days. The investigation yielded 53 arrests for prostitution, 46 for soliciting prostitution, and five arrests for intent to sexually harm a child, according to the sheriff's office. So you're glad and you love to see these scumbags get caught. County Sheriff Grady Judd said that Graney, a South Carolina native, was in Florida for a charity golf event. Makes him even more of a scumbag. Graney had missed his tea time the next morning, Judd said. He was a scratch. Ganey, he turned pro in 97 and joined the PGA Tour in 2008. He's known for wearing gloves on both hands, hence the nickname Tommy Two Gloves. I was going to say, the Two Gloves thing, if that's going to be the one that you refer to him as, just like as his name in a CBS article, it's got to be something pretty prominent. It's like we say all the time, stop breaking the law. Tommy Two Gloves, you hate to see it, but you love to see it because you're a scumbag and you got caught doing wrong in the world. I'll tell you what, that's our topic of hate it or love it. You hate to see it, you love to see it. Coming up, Bash of the Beach is one of the biggest heel turns in sports history. I think Bill Self has a chance to make one this year. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Out of Bounds, Buffalo, New England. Just about two hours and 40 minutes away to see if it can happen. Can the Bills go into Gillette and steal from the New England Chiefs fans, too. Chiefs fans wrote off the possibility of getting a bye a long time ago. Yeah. Just go do it, It's right here. And I get it. My God, Kurt Warner has a fresh haircut. I mean, that thing is, it is a nice fade into his hair. I need to get mine. Shout out uh, uh, 
Courtney Brothers in Blue Springs. That's who does my uh, my haircut. I never thought I'd have a day where I'd have my barber's number and I would text him to be like, when I can get my haircut appointment. It happened. I got a lot of hair, man. It grows fast. Like I well, have that, a... That's so, like, that's such a big thing. I don't know. I always get really nervous when I go to a new place or a new barber or something. But when you build that relationship with your barber, like, shout out Rex and Lawrence mm. on Rex's downtown barbershop. Huddler? I mean, oh. you know, you need you need that kind of relationship with your barber, that trust, you know, that you can build on. I feel like if Rex Hudler had a haircut uh, company, it would just be called It's Got to Go. Oh, man, that's <laughs> too good. Oh, man, I love me some Rex. He was up in the studio not too long. Uh, this week, actually. Just brings a smile to my face yeah, every time I see him. Yeah, Wednesday. He was a good dude, man. Brought his son and everything. It was a good time. I just... Didn't even talk to him, really. He just came by and said, hey, what's going on, fellas? And he's like, hey, what's up, Hud? Not much, man. And just going every which way at 100 miles an hour, but always just always just a bolt of lightning when just he comes to the Just the most positive person ever. That's right. Um, this might not be a positive uh, sus- uh, subject for most of you. We're going to do it. But it not, I mean, it's not really that bad because no. for somebody who always advertises on the air that I enjoy the heel roll, right? So, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, I enjoy when guys take on the I don't give a you-know-what attitude because it has been in self not self-inflicted, but it has been put upon them by others, right? So, back in the 90s, at Bash at the Beach, Hulk Hogan came out and joined the New World Order, and it changed the wrestling world for many, many years. To this day, if you ever want to watch it, just go to YouTube. Type in Bash at the Beach, Hulk Hogan. Watch what the crowd does. Like, keep telling yourself. I know, wrestling's fake. Dusty, grow up. But when Hulk Hogan did that, it changed the way people perceived wrestling, and it changed the way that organizational groups were made inside that organization. It brought DX. It brought the the Bullet Club today, it brought all these groups and it made people want to do all these things and be the bad guy of the league. Like my favorite Disney character that's a bad guy is Gaston. All he's trying to do is help Bell get away from Stockholm Syndrome or bestiality or stuff like that when it comes to the Beauty and the Beast. He locks her up in the West Wing. Here's Gaston. Oh, but he's the bad guy. No, he just gets created the heel, but here's some crazy beast trying to have sex with a young woman to get back to being real life. That's weird. It's crazy. Sorry for I'm being normal, but that's just what Gaston tried to do. And here's where Bill Self can take a page out of the heel book, right? KU was the number one seed today. They won't be next week because they're the fifth team to lose to a team as the number one seed this year. But again, to put a little bit of Band-Aid over the cut that just happened, it doesn't matter right now. It seems like KU has a different attitude amongst themselves, right? It seems like before, KU is just always known as toughest place to play at, big-time conference championship all the time, I feel always like... seems to win their conference, always gets a one seed. We know who Bill Self is. Everybody likes Bill Self. That all changed this year. I feel like also, you know, Kansas is always one of the blue, bu- blue blood programs out there, but they're not usually the most hated. Like, everybody hates Duke. Everybody hates Kentucky. Kansas, I feel like nationally people are like, yeah, Kansas is always good, but they don't win the national championship as much as they should. They're not as great in the tournament. They're not as big of a threat. I don't really, like, hate them, hate them. No. Some people do. But where it comes is, like, the heel is, like, that it's almost like our sense of humor. Like, we're just sarcastic, right? 
Like we're just, we just have fun with situations. And that's what we mean by Bill Self. You know about the allegations. We know they're getting suspended. They're the number one ranked team in the world, right? Or in the nation right now until next week when they go back down to like three. But you know that KU is more than likely going to win the Big 12. They're probably going to play in the Big 12 championship game at the end of the year. They're most likely going to be a favorite to win the entire tournament because of who they are. They're a one seed almost every year. But this year's different because this year everybody knows that the suspension is looming. Like, you know it's coming. The NCAA has already told Kansas, get ready, buckle up. We just don't know what it is. And this year, you kind of get the vibe that Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks are the black sheep of college football or basketball. They are the heel of college basketball. Nobody's talking about Calipari and Kentucky anymore because that story's old. Nobody's talking about Coach K and Duke because for some reason, Coach K's made it all this time and never had any issues, even though Zion Williamson, anyways. But this year, it's like KU's that team, and they've owned it. Like, they're going without their business. They let Snoop Dogg come in and fire up some devil's lettuce. They let everything happen with strip poles and money guns. They let all that happen. We know that already happened. And now they are getting recognized as one of the top teams in NCAA in December. Now, they're normally here, right? But it's not because they don't deserve it. Now people are just like, well, I hate KU. That's unfair they could be a top team, yet we know they cheated. I got a group text right now. My friends are going off. Oh, you love to see cheaters lose. Okay. That's up to you, though. Like, dig deeper into the story, and you can kind of lean towards what they considered are. They didn't legally recruit. They paid a kid, right? They got, they got messed up in boosters. They got involved with Adidas. A lot of other teams did. Missouri got in trouble because they had a tutor do stuff. Missouri wasn't looked at as a heel because Missouri hasn't been successful as much as KU has in their respective sports. KU all of a sudden has a chance to win a national championship this year, and nothing would be more heel-ish move than a team that you know has a possibility to go three years without being invited to the tournament, and before they get kicked out or banned from the tournament for as many years and lose recruits, lose scholarships, and maybe their coach jumps to the league, they win the national title, and they do it being one of the best teams before they get suspended. It's all about how you respond in a situation like this. It's all about... You know, are you going to take this and be like, hey, like, we, we didn't mean to do anything wrong, be soft, like, beg for everybody's apologies? Yeah. Or you can do what Bill Self and KU is doing right now, and they really have just kind of owned it, and they're like, hey, this is all a bunch of BS, and we're going to go out here and we're going to show you this year why we're Kansas, and it's not because we're paying players, it's just because we're that damn good. And that's kind of the mentality that they've been having this year. Obviously, today's result throws a little bit of a wrench in this, but... Overall, I feel like that's kind of the way that they've been approaching it. It's just like, hey, you know, we're a good team. We're good because of who we are, not because of what we did. And we're about to show it to you. Saturday, live and local, 610 Sports Radio. This is Out of Bounds. We only have an hour left. Just to give you an update, the Tampa Bay Bucks are tied with the Houston Texans in the third quarter of a Saturday slate of football that has the Buffalo Bills and New England following them. And then following that is a game that I don't think anybody cares about, which is the Rams and the Niners. It looked good at the start of the season. It doesn't look good now. But speaking of doesn't look good and now looks good, Jameis Winston started this game off with a pick six and an interception. They're now tied, and he damn near threw for 200 yards in the first half because it's Jameis Winston. 
But because the Chiefs don't have Jameis Winston, but they do have Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes can really accomplish something Sunday night that the AFC West has already seen plenty of. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.